Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. Most civilians today have never experienced military life, but there are a number who have, and I'm not just referring to warriors, but their families as well. My guest is married to a lifetime warrior who went from lieutenant to four-star general and vice chair of staff of the Army. She was with him every step of the way, from schoolgirl crush and six years of dating to more than 30 years of marriage. Vicki Cody is author of Army Wife and Fly Safe, books that help tell the story of what she and millions of Army spouses and parents face when their loved ones go off to serve their country thousands of miles away. Both books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. For everything about Vicki Cody, and that's V-I-C-K-I, go to VickiCody.com, and you can follow her on Facebook. And Vicki, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ira. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So would you say there were three of you in your marriage, you, your husband, and the Army? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and usually the Army... Well, probably came first. <laughs> so how do, you adjust, how do you adjust to that reality and, and keep a sense of humor about it, as you obviously have? Well, I, I think I've always had a good sense of humor, which I needed. Um, <laughs> I think the first clue was when we were engaged to be married and he called me and said, cancel the wedding, I'm deploying. Now, you have to imagine I'm at the University of Vermont. I know nothing about the military. We've been dating for quite a while, but I didn't know the real army. Right. He was stationed in Hawaii, and it was April 1975 when we were pulling out of Vietnam. And my husband ended up being part of the evacuation of the refugees from Vietnam. So he calls me up at my sorority and says, cancel the wedding. I'm deploying. Uh, I'll be gone for a few months. Don't know when I'll be back. Now, I'm thinking deployment, okay. I mean, I, I didn't, I really didn't know what was going on. He said, watch the TV and you'll know. So sure enough, I, I saw what was going on. And he ended up on the island of Guam for the next three months uh, working with Operation New Life. So that was my first clue that I was not going to live the <laughs> same life that my sorority sisters, my family and friends in Burlington, Vermont, were all living. You know, they planned their weddings. They actually got married when they wanted to and probably lived in the same hometown and, and same house for, for most of their marriage. And uh, Dick and I, we were destined for other things. And, you know, with all of that, I have to say it was, it, it's been a great way of life for us. And I, I wouldn't trade any of it, but that was my first indication at a very young age that I was going to have to roll with the punches. I was thinking back to that time you mentioned when you first decided to get married, and that was a period of time when the military was not exactly the most favored institution in the United States. And you coming from a university environment, I would think that probably some of your sorority sisters looked at you askance. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little bit of a clash of, of two different cultures. And actually, when we first started dating, he was a cadet at West Point. Um, I was at the University of Vermont. And yeah, I mean, our college experiences couldn't have been uh, more different. But somehow for us, it worked. He loved coming up to the University of Vermont and experiencing, you know, the keg parties and sororities <laughs> and the, the, well, all kinds of stuff that we did there. <laughs> um, and then I loved, I absolutely loved visiting him at West Point and watching him in parades. And um, 
But yeah, I know that there were probably people at, at UVM, the University of Vermont, that when they saw my boyfriend with his high and tight haircut and his uniform when we went to formal events, I'm sure they were thinking, what is she getting herself into? Because it wasn't a popular thing back then. <laughs> right. It wasn't even the, the Greek life side of campus. It was the other side of campus that were obviously anti-war and opposed to the military. Right. Oh, yeah. Result. Protests so, everywhere on right, our campus. Right. And, yeah, but but yeah. clearly, that didn't stop you from getting married. And all these years later, with all these deployments and kids, you still didn't stop getting married or staying married, I should say. Right. Right. Uh, what was the main ingredient to your and your husband's approach that allowed you to keep the marriage not only growing and but enduring and prospering? Well, I think it's a it's a number of things, Ira. Um, to start with, we we fell madly in love with each other, really, and and to this day we still are in love, and we just celebrated forty seven years of marriage. Congratulations, um, that's great. Well, thank you. So, you know, it started with that. And then I think each of us, we were both committed to our marriage. And we came from traditional families. You know, both parents were married for over 50 years. And um, so marriage was something, you know, that was important to us. And we didn't enter into lightly. So once we fell in love and knew this was it, I, you know, for my part, I was willing to do just about anything to support him in his choice of a career. When I realized how much he loved army life with, with everything that goes with it, I was in it for the long haul. And I have to say, for us, it made our lives, even though it was unpredictable, there were a lot of challenges and, and hurdles, it was also very exciting. And, and even though he came and went, when he came home, it was like a honeymoon. You nice. know, there's something to be said for that. We never had an opportunity to get into a rut. Just when we thought maybe things were getting boring, <laughs> either he deployed or we moved somewhere. And it, so it was always this sense of adventure. And I think just from day one, our loyalty and commitment to each other, our love, and then we just share that same kind of zest for life and excitement. And we we pass that on to our sons. And, and they're both living the Army life now, both active duty, Apache helicopter pilots, just like their dad. So I guess we did something right, maybe, <laughs> because it worked for the four of us. Was there any difference in the challenge when your husband goes off to war or your husband goes off to the bureaucracy? Is there a difference in terms of how you're coping? Oh, you mean like the difference between when he's like stationed at the Pentagon? Or... Correct. Right. Exactly. Oh, right. Yeah. As, that, opposed, that as, opposed never... to, as opposed to overseas and in a combat situation. Right. Well, for my husband, he was always happiest when he was with soldiers and in a unit and doing something really exciting and that whole adrenaline rush of flying helicopters, whether it was on post or overseas, you know, during combat. He loved that. And it was hard for him those last years when he was stationed at the Pentagon and he had gone up in rank. And, you know, he had a very important job, a lot of responsibility, but he really, he really wanted to be over in Iraq or Afghanistan with all the other troops, with his sons. It was hard for him to stay back, but he knew that he had an important role and an important job during those years of like 2000, 
to 2008 when he retired. The, his last six years were at the Pentagon. So yeah, if you asked him, that wouldn't have been his first choice, being in, in a, a building as opposed to being out with, with soldiers. But, you know, he made the most of it. And he, he was so adaptable. He was good at whatever he did. So once he settled in and was happy, then I was happy too. Did you have to do some bureaucratic stuff when you when you was in the Pentagon where you had to go to receptions and that type of stuff? Oh, well, yes. Yeah. And and that that was interesting. And really, I didn't have a huge role to play. It's not like when I was a commander's wife. And but what ended up evolving when he was the vice chief of staff of the army, it was 2004 to 2008. So it was at the the peak years of the war in Iraq, and we still had combat going on in Afghanistan. So I traveled with him, and I loved this part of it. We traveled to, oh, so many different army posts overseas here in the United States and met with families of soldiers, spouses and families. It was so gratifying, and it was at a time when our sons were deployed and in combat, and for us to be around all those other families that were going through the same thing, we both loved it. It just totally energized us. We knew more than ever that we wanted to advocate for all those families out there because we were living what they were living, and that was the most gratifying work that we got to do those last years. You use the word advocate, which I think is why, and I, I don't want to speak for you, why you wrote those two books, Army Wife and Fly Safe. Yes, yes, absolutely. And actually, I wrote a little book back in 2005 that I got the Association of the United States Army, AUSA. I went to them and I asked them if they would publish this guidebook that I had written. It was a 64-page book designed to help parents of soldiers navigate through combat deployments, but also to navigate through army life because there was nothing out there for families of soldiers. And so AUSA published it for me. It was handed out for free to anybody Mm -hmm. that needed it. It became such a huge success that I realized people were starved for information. You know, over the years, over the last three decades, We've made great strides in what we do for spouses, but we had kind of overlooked the moms and dads out there that have soldiers in the military. So I felt like it was my way, now that I was the parent of soldiers, it was my way of giving them something useful and hopefully to help them cope. And then that just kind of planted the whole seed for me that, you know, maybe I want to write a memoir. Maybe I should write about my whole life journey as an army wife and see if that helps people in some way. And then, you know, I did that. And then I ended up writing Fly Safe, which focuses on Operation Desert Storm. And again, you know, my books are meant to be relatable to military people, but also I want non-military people to read my books and come away with a better understanding, maybe a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for the men and women in uniform and the families who stand beside them. So yeah, it is my mission to get the word out there, get the stories out there and hope that that it helps others. When did you know you could write these books? In other words, was well, writing always in your background? No, but I, I've always 
been one of those people that likes to talk a lot. I like to talk a lot. And I like to write. I would write these really long 20 page letters to our our families, our parents, back when we were stationed in Korea. And by different by hand? Are, you, are you saying by hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just writing the old fashioned letter, you know. And my parents and Dick's parents <laughs> would always say, Vicki, it's like a journal. I get to see a, a glimpse of your life. So I think I wanted to. I just didn't know it. And then it was when I wrote that booklet for the Army families during the war, I found that it was also like a therapy for me because both of our sons were in Iraq together. They they deployed twice together in the same unit over in Iraq. And it was a really stressful time for me. I don't have to tell you. I mean, it was it was pretty, you know, it was the hardest thing I ever went through, having both our sons over there. And I found that by writing and sharing all the knowledge I had, I was not only helping other people, I was helping myself. And when I saw how people received that booklet and, you know, I thought, maybe I do, maybe I can do this, (laughs) you know, but each time I start a new project, I think, oh, am I any good? Is anybody going to buy it? But I, I love to write. It's, it's a release for me. It's a way to, you know, just get my ideas out there and hope that people buy my books and enjoy them. When you wrote the books and the manual, was it all by longhand or did you actually use a computer? In the beginning, I was writing, even with Army Wife, I wrote it on pads of paper, then would type it on my computer. Then by the end of writing that book, I started to get a little bit more savvy with the computer. And by the time I wrote Fly Safe, you know, I would have my notes and my outline handwritten because I always have a pad of paper with me wherever I go because something might come to me. But now I do the majority of it on the computer and it is so much easier. (laughs) Do you find that your messages and your advice and your insight Are there any generational challenges because you came up at a different time with your husband through the military? But I'm going to make the assumption, though, that the principles still apply regardless of what the age range is of a serving soldier. Yes. And I I work at that. I, I do try to write in a way that even the young spouses today could relate to, even though I went through a different time and things were slightly different, there's so many things that are universal. And and that also goes to non-military people that read my books, because I write a lot about life and love and raising kids and being separated, whether your husband is on a long extended business trip or whether your husband's deployed. You know, I try to write in in terms that even though it's unique to me and my story, just about anybody could relate to it because I'm writing about, you know, letting go of your kids when it's time to go to college, okay? In my case, the the boys got on a plane and went to combat. So it was a little bit different, but it was still that whole process of being able to let go, having faith in yourself, your spouse, your kids, yeah, so I, I think that I've done pretty well with that because I do have young spouses come up to me and say, oh, I, I so enjoyed reading about Desert Storm. I didn't know much about that war, mm-hmm. but what you talked about, it's some of the same feelings I have even today when my husband goes on a deployment. So I did try to 
you know, write in a way that would bridge those gaps. So you decided not to write about horse and buggies or the cavalry. You kept no. them <laughs> No, that wouldn't be my thing. <laughs> well, it's great that you, you're touching various kinds of people because, as you say, it's you've written in a, I would call it a general style. So it's both for military families and also non-military or civilian families because there's elements of humanity and human nature in in both books. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I hate to put you under under pressure, but are, is there a third book coming out? Yes, I, I just started another <laughs> one. And I get so nervous in the beginning, like I said, because, I, you know, and, and this one, actually, I'm taking a departure. I feel like people have read enough about the Cody family for now. <laughs> so I'm doing a narrative nonfiction. I'm writing about a young man that was that was a Marine and was severely injured in Iraq and ended up just recently climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And I felt like I've, I've known this young man, Adam, for quite a few years now. And something kept telling me that he was unique and special. And maybe, maybe there was a story there. So I'm trying, I'm giving a try at writing about someone else. <laughs> well, how long does it take you normally to flesh out the book and then get it to a final form? Is it about a year or less or more? Yeah. Uh, with Army Wife, that took me forever. I kept getting distracted. I didn't really know what I was doing because it, that book encompassed, you know, so many years. That took me like six years to write. By the time I wrote Fly Safe, I told myself, you know what? You're not getting any younger, Vicky. <laughs> if you're going to do this, you're going to do it do quickly. Now, right. And I think because that book dealt with just one year in my life, I finished it in a year. Actually, during it was during COVID. So that helped because then I was stuck at home and, and had no excuse not to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book I'm working on now, I'm really trying hard to get it written maybe in a year, year and a half, because then it takes, there's a process then getting it published. And Oh, sure. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the, in the books, Army Wife and Fly Safe, what was the reaction to both of those books from your husband and your two sons? Did they read it? And did they give you some oh, feedback? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you're writing personal memoir and, and it deals with, with your family, yes, every step of the way, my husband is like my best proofreader because I always want to make sure I get the military piece of it just mm-hmm. right. So he reads all my chapters and and then our sons, I would usually wait until I was pretty much finished, let them proofread it because, you know, they're still serving in the army. So I have to make sure I don't do anything that embarrasses them, you know, because they're they're still on active duty. Sure. But I have to say my husband, first of all, I love it when he's reading and he just starts laughing out loud. I like to make him laugh with what I write. But then there were a couple of times in each of the books that he actually got choked up and, and just looked at me and said, Vicki, I'm sorry. I didn't know I put you through all that. It was pretty revealing because, you know, I talk about what what I went through, you know, from this perspective, you know, being back home while he's off doing his thing. And these are things that once he would come home, it was like, I probably told him, yeah, it was rough, whatever. But it wasn't until he read it in writing, and then would just turn to me and say, wow, you know, I put you through a lot. And so it, I think it's been good for us, because it, it, brought about a lot of dialogue while I was writing because, 
you know, he would pick up on something and say, wow, I didn't, I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so it's been, I, I think it's been validating for both of us. Did you give either your husband and or your sons a little bit of a veto on elements of the books? In other words, anything that they felt was too personal or put them in, oh, a, yeah. in a awkward light? Yes. Yeah. And, and really, you know, nothing that I write about, I don't, I don't think there's anything like really controversial or really personal, but yeah, I always give them that option. Mm -hmm. And now both sons are married. So I also let the daughter-in-laws read my books before they ever go to print just, you know, to see if, you know, have I portrayed the two of you or have I portrayed this right about, you know, Right. Clint or Tyler. Yeah, I always, you know, and it's rare that somebody, any of them ever said, Mom, I don't want you to write that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do your sons, okay, this is the good question. Do your sons, <laughs> do your sons have copies of both of those books and do they give them out to friends or colleagues or mates in the theater? Yes, I think they recommend them and they, they come to, you know, whenever I do a book launch, they're always there supporting me. And yeah, they they talk me up on Facebook and they're really <laughs> proud of me. They they really are. And, and it makes me feel good that I'm doing something. And, you know, I've been to their units and sp I speak to spouse groups. And so, you know, I'm out there in their world promoting my books and, you know, still doing my advocating for, for spouses and families, and they appreciate that. Is your husband retired from the Army now? Yes. So does he help you out whenever you go to a, to make a speech or make an appearance? Is he an assistant yes. at this point? Yes. <laughs> and and that's, that's been really fun, too, because there have been many times when he's carrying my posters and my <laughs> pens and, and my books, and, and now he, when he, and he still speaks at, at events and he's out there too. And he's, he'll say, uh, well, I'm Dick Cody, Vicki Cody's husband, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like uh, it's turned around a little bit because I was always the wife of General right. Cody. Or now he's the husband of, yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, he's still, you know, he retired in 2008. Then he worked in the corporate world for 10 years then he retired from that a couple of years ago. And the next thing I know, he's back at the Pentagon working <laughs> as a civilian mentor. So he still works part time at the Pentagon. He can't let go of it just yet. <laughs> but you see a lot more of him now, obviously. Oh, though. yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. No, that's great. Did you find that spouses and or parents of service personnel, after they read your book, do a lot of them contact you to either say, they either enjoyed the book or you helped them deal with a problem or gave them some insight? Yes. And and especially with that first little, you know, family guide that I wrote. It's called Your Soldier, Your Army, A Family Guide. Is that still available? It's available, yes. Free of charge to anyone. You go to ausa.org and then just click on family books for families and it's there. When that came out, I was amazed at the emails, the handwritten letters and notes that I got from parents, grandparents, even soldiers that said, your book explained everything to my family. I'm so glad that you wrote it because my family never understood what I was doing. I got so much feedback for years and years. 
And that book actually went out to over 500,000 people. It was, and it was printed in Spanish too. And that's why I decided to keep writing. You know, I wish my, mm-hmm. my other books were doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I do. Whenever I'm meeting with spouse groups, whether I'm doing a book signing or just speaking with them, I have countless people, spouses come up to me and say, oh, I read your other book. I loved it. You know, it really spoke to me. I could relate to it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I've always had positive feedback. When you do some of your speeches, are any of them out of state? So you might be traveling to another state, maybe to the coast to, to talk to a group. And in that kind of situation, it's almost, unless your husband's coming with you, it's it's your own deployment. Right, right. Yeah, I don't go too far. I've never gone that far. But yes, I've been to, you know, and it's usually army posts that I go to that that want me to come back and speak, you know, ones that figured prominently in, in the books. I've been to Fort Campbell, Kentucky numerous times, Fort Rucker, Alabama. So it's usually usually a military place. But yeah, and, and he usually tags along with me. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so are, he's my helper. <laughs> are his hours flexible at the Pentagon so he can do that? Yes, okay. yeah. He really could. He he doesn't need me to work. <laughs> but, you know, he still has so much to offer sure. with his mentoring. And um, yeah, he just kind of works like a couple weeks on, a couple weeks off. It yeah. sounds, in terms of what you're writing about, is that it can be hard, but also very fulfilling. Your life is an example of that where, yeah, there's challenges and it's not pleasant all the time and there's long periods of absence, but the marriage is solid. And if anything, it's deeper than it was 20, 30 years ago. Right, right. You bring up a good point because I always say that. I say that to to young spouses, young couples that are just starting out. And I always tell them, you know, take the good with the bad. It's it's not going to be all perfect. But nothing in life is, you know, we don't get to script our life. We don't get to write how we want it to play out because I'm not sure I would have written mine like this. But looking back now, it's exactly what Dick and I were meant to do. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah, you know, and I do think it's those challenges and, and those hurdles and, and the, the months being separated that made all the joys so much greater and made us appreciate our blessings. So, yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, it's a roller coaster of a ride, but overall, I don't look back on the rough times really. I tend to look back and think, "Oh, wow, I learned to do that during that time." Or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I I guess I always look for the silver lining and I always find it. You may have answered my last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, which is okay. your best tip for families of serving personnel in the military and specifically the army? I would say for the spouses, pretty much what I just said, just go with it and and learn to embrace army life with its flaws, but also with, with all the greatness of it. And for parents, I say, you know, once your son or daughter has raised their right hand and, and you know, enlisted in the military, be proud and support that soldier for what they're willing to do, because not everybody can do that. Not everybody is willing to sacrifice and put everything on the line for their country. And so to me, the pride outweighs the stress, the fear, whatever it is. But 
you know, if you're not supportive, you're going to make it even harder on that service member. So to me, once they decide to do it, you need to to support them in any way you can. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Vicki Cody. She's author of Army Wife and Fly Safe books that help tell the story of what she and millions of Army spouses and parents face when their loved ones go off to serve their country thousands of miles away. The books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And for everything about Vicki Cody, go to Vicki Cody, and it's Vicki, V-I-C-K-I, VickiCody.com, and you can follow her on Facebook. Vicki, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Ira. It was great. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.